Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Jensen away. Yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of the NRL Supercoach Podcast, hosted by the SC Whisperer. And the full-time siren has just gone in the last game of the day. Now, seven trials, uh, eight including the reserve grade game, if you want to count that, in one day. I remember a time when you had to look in the paper the day, the day later to find the trial results, and that was only seven, eight years ago. So, for what the NRL has done, enable to have the fans... Be able to watch their favourite players, their favourite teams go around is simply phenomenal. Uh, I do have a bone to pick. I mean, it's a lot of games to consume in, in one time frame. I would have much rather see it split over two days, but I understand why they do it. They do it so so you can see your team play. I don't really think it was designed for the hardcore footy fans to sit down and watch all the games in a day, and I couldn't do that myself today. Uh, I've watched half of them, so I'll review half of them today. I'll watch the other half tomorrow and review those. But uh, yeah, look, fantastic for footy to come back. I've missed it so much. I'm sure you guys have too. But uh, the first game of the day kicked off with the Raiders versus the Roosters. Now, this one ended 20-26 to in the Roosters' favour. I personally had the Raiders winning this one uh, before the game kicked off. I just thought that with the absence of Kiri, with the absence of Verrills, with the absence of Radley, uh, I thought the Raiders would have um, went well. And they did. Obviously, the second half, a lot of reserve graders came in and the game sort of opened up a little bit more. I think the Raiders were on top until those changes happened, but yeah, there's a lot lot to unpack here. This game was very noted, noted for Supercoach reasons. Now, the Roosters get out to an early lead. Uh, thanks to the Whisperers fan favourite, Sestili Tupanua. Now, he bags a try. I'm jumping up and down in my chair, posting it all over social media. I'm thinking, here we go, 150-point game. I mean, he kind of tailed off a little bit, didn't really do a whole lot afterwards, so... A little bit concerning, he isn't playing on the left-hand side either. Looks like Angus Crichton has moved over there, which is going to get him more ball. And Satili looks to be, uh, I guess, the loser of this, and he, he's on the right-hand side. So he's a bit of a red line through my team right now. If we get word that he comes into the, the left-hand side before kickoff, then I'll probably look at getting him in. But uh, a good mate of mine, Brandon Savage, host of the Supercoach Experience, did mention that his base isn't great. And it's not... I that's I was happy to overlook that if he was on the left-hand side, but yeah, look, I think it's a red line through him, unfortunately. Uh, TKO kicks, that's the story of this, I think. Um, I feel so happy and so justified t- uh, tooting the TKO horn all preseason. Uh, I was pretty confident he'd kick, and uh, yeah, it's been paid off. He looks to be the main goal kicker, with Tedesco being the backup goal kicker. Now, this throws a huge spanner in the works, because I was happy to disregard Teddy coming into the year, because it's a lot of money to spend on a guy who, yeah, quite frankly, I can build a side better around, but 
if TKO is a, a prop 40, he's not going to be playing 80. He's probably going to be playing 50 to 55 minutes. That leaves a lot of minutes for the Roosters to score tries, and that leaves a lot of minutes for Teddy to get the goal kicking and potentially add another six, seven points onto his uh, total. And for that, I've got to pull my side apart and get Teddy in. And uh, yeah, look, I'm not going to touch on the Storm game today, but nah, Pappy kicked as well for the for the Storm, and he kicked very well. So I'm going to have to pull my side apart and run the Pappy and Teddy combo. But um, but back to the Roosters. Yeah, TKO kicks. He looked fantastic. But the Roosters also looked very slick as well in the early part. A lot of good ball movement. Really troubling the Raiders' defense. Um, and when the Raiders did get the ball, Josh Papali looked really dominant through that middle. He was getting the hand free a lot in the tackle, getting offloads, creating a lot of havoc for the Roosters' defense. Another good sign is to see Josh Hodson is back. Now, he looked really good as well for the Raiders side. He was very energetic out of the half, sorry, out of dummy half. Looked really good on the front foot, getting the Raiders pumping forward as well. So, really good to see him back. Uh, interested to see what Ricky Stewart does, because in the prior game in the day, between the Canberra Raiders 2nd, 13, and the North Sydney Bears, uh, Havili looked really good at dummy half as well, and obviously Tom, Tom Starling as well. So, not a bad problem to have if you're Ricky Stewart, to have three quality hookers in your ranks. But, obviously, Josh Hodgson will start... In terms of Supercoach relevance, not overly sure what he's going to be doing because we've obviously got Tom, Tom Starling in the wings. Now, Hudson Young managed to bag a try as well to equalise the game. Another one for Supercoaches that you're looking at. Not too sure what his rotation is going to look like with Corey Haraway or Naira uh, coming back into the side after his suspension. That's a wait and see. Another man that looked really good in the previous game as well was Corey Horsburgh. But obviously two shoulder charges, just being an, uh, an outright grub. Looks like he's going to get suspended even longer than what the club have suspended him for. Both teams making good meters through the center third. Um, that's where a lot of this game was played in the early part of it. Uh, both forward packs really just getting through the work and getting through the, the middle meters. So it was good to see both forward packs taking it to each other. Uh, Josh Hodgson tears the middle through again. Uh, putting on a nice try assist. Like I said, he looked really good in this first opening part. And then obviously Starling came on and... Uh, he had a bit of a spell, but yeah, Hodgson looks really good. It's good to see him come back from that injury. I'm not going to say the Raiders missed him last year because Tom Starling came in and played so well, but they definitely missed his uh, experience on that field, and uh, I really like that he's back injury-free, obviously. Interesting that I mentioned before that Angus Crichton moves to the left. I think that's going to get him a lot more ball. He's going to be a lot more destructive. Um, I thought Angus Crichton was absolutely phenomenal in this game. No secrets whatsoever. Jack Whiten's running game was another one that was on full display here. It looked really, really promising. Looks good. He was just too strong as well. Uh, got a try. So Jack Whiten looks to be back in full flight using that running game, which is the best part of his game, in my opinion, which is, I think, is pretty commonly accepted that Jack Whiten is probably the best ball running 5'8 in the comp. Yeah, we saw the Roosters score, and this is when um, the internet broke down because we saw Teddy take over the kicking because TKO was off, and I think he had one of the worst conversions I've ever seen. I think... I've seen plenty of uh, reserve graders down at my local club throw that one over, so I think Teddy's going to need some work on the goal kicking if he wants to be a reliable option. But um, yeah, look, it was good to see him kick. It broke the Supercoach world. But uh, going into halftime, it was 16-10. to 10. Now, come back into the second half, Hudson Young looks really solid, like I said before. Um, we know that Ricky Stewart plays his edges a lot of minutes, so if Hudson Young can really cement himself as that starting edge, then... Look for him to get big minutes, and he's a, a fantastic super coach option. He's had uh, a plethora of scores that are really promising to look at uh, through the eye. Now, 
Uh, copped a bit of shit on Instagram for this today because I said that Sam Walker played poor in the first trial game, and I think we were all thrown off that, uh, in all honesty. I think Sam Walker was named at seven. All the commentators were, were calling him, uh, calling the, the number seven from the Bears, Sam Walker. And look, I'll be honest, I've never seen the kid play, so I just took what they said as gospel. Later found out that he actually wasn't playing in that game and, and was coming off the bench of the Roosters. And uh, boy, howdy, I've been talking down this kid all preseason, saying that he he won't be getting a start at the Roosters. I think it's a waste of a pick. But if you're Lockie Landmoters, I think you'd be looking over your shoulder because Sam Walker played phenomenal in the time that he uh, came on the field. He he looked really, really solid. Looked like a really good quality first grader. Played a lot of good balls. Had a good footy IQ. Um, yeah, I think his time in the in the sun is only coming around soon. And the Roosters just continued to turn the screws here, really grinding down the Raiders. Not much to say about the second half, to be honest, because there was a lot of rotation. Um, but yeah, Angus Crichton continued to look devastating. And at the end of the game, the Raiders got a consolation try with some nice silky play, but that's how it ended. It ended 20-26 to 26 now. A um, couple of takeaway points. Obviously, TKO will be goal-kicking, so he's staying on my side. I've said I'm going to go cheap in the front row all year, but he is the exception. Have to pull my side apart for Teddy because he is the backup goal kicker, which I hate, but uh, I think I'm just going to have to have him. He's just going to be getting too many points that you're going to be missing out on, and he's going to be too highly owned, I think. The next game on the schedule was the Titans versus the Warriors. Now, this was a very first half dominant game. I don't have a lot to speak about the second half, just because not a lot happened, but straight away, Brian Kelly is a beast. Now, I've said it all preseason. If you're going to go expensive in the center wings, it's him or Val Holmes, for my opinion. He uh, he looked really destructive, just with the ball in hand. He looks like a, a better version of Katoni Staggs, just being able to make something happen out of nowhere. The Titans immediately looked threatening with ball in hand, really stretching the Warriors from side to side. Uh, couldn't find the breakthrough straight away, but uh, it was coming. But yeah, it looked really good signs from the Titans. And their fans I've spoken to are very, very excited for the season. I don't blame them. They haven't had a lot to cheer about for the past... I'd say 10, 11 years, so good to see that there's big things coming out of the Titans. I think Justin Holbrook is one going unnoticed uh, in this side. Look, I think the coaching from him has been second to none. He's really turned this Titans side around. They've obviously recruited well, but they were playing well last year without the big the big names. Adam Fenwell Black quickly showed that he is the main man at the Warriors with multiple touches in the first five minutes. Now, um, if you're going to be going expensive in your center wings, I don't mind Adam Fenor Blake. It looks like he's going to get his hands on the ball a lot. Uh, but yeah, the Titans just ripped the Warriors apart through the center third. Tino looked really good here. Um, bit of egg on my face. I said all preseason that I'm not sure how Tino's going to go. There's not a whole lot of upside for him. There's so many uh, question marks around him. But look, he played a lot of minutes today and looked very, very promising uh, throughout the whole thing. So yeah, look, I think uh, Tino... I'm happy to downgrade one of my gun second rowers to get Tino in all honesty now, looking after that trial. Uh, yeah, he got through a mountain of work at 500k. I think there's a lot of upside for him. The Titans have a good draw. And what he did to the Warriors, he just he looked like David Fafita in all honesty. He just made something happen out of nothing. Bit of flat foot footy, and then just broke the line and, and put away the Warriors and, and put in a really nice try. Fogarty also had a try assist, and he was goal kicking, which is a big plus for Fogarty owners like myself. Now, there's some word going around that Ash Taylor had a bit of a hip injury, which stopped him kicking. I'm not too sure how much I'm going to read into that. Jamal Fogarty was kicking at the back end of last year as well. Look, I think that um, I think that Fogg's going to have a good year. The Warriors have a really nice attack, and Fogg looks to be on the uh, 
in on the conductor side of things. And this is where I thought it was going to be a cricket score because the Titans put two tries on the Warriors really, really quickly here and there wasn't a whole lot offering from the Warriors. Tohu Harris looked shaky. Wade Eager went down with a shoulder injury, which sees Jazz Tavunga move to nine, which I could see him playing 80, but I don't think he's going to have the output that we like him to have at lock. Still think he's someone to look at because he's going to make a bunch of tackles. He puts his head in places where uh, I wouldn't walk down. So Jazz is a no-nonsense footballer. He has a real good fuck-you attitude, but... Yeah, I think that, um, look, Jazz at 9, I'm not too sure what the output's going to be. I could see a 60 average if he's playing 80, but I'm not too sure if it's worth the price he's asking. Uh, as expected, there was a lot of errors. In- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This game, a lot of cobwebs being shaken out. Only a handful of these guys played uh, in the All-Stars game. Obviously, the Warriors players were pulled from the All-Star game, so only the Titans guys played them. So expected to have a bit of cobwebs. But um, Cody Nicarima improvising um, and improving on last year as well. Like, he put in a really nice performance and, and got a try at the back end of the half. And that's how we saw it. We, we saw a try through Josh Curran to take the halftime score to 12-6. And like I said, at the top of this review, there wasn't much happening in the second half of the of the game. Ben murdoch Masilla looked really good with his first touch, nearly scored, had a line break. So, really destructive ball run out of the Super League. Obviously, you guys that remember him in the NRL as well, but... Really looks to improve his game in the Super League. He's in my side. think he should be in most people's as well, looking at him, uh, if he, especially if he gets a start. Uh, and Yeah, Tino just continued to improve, but the game ended in a draw. The game ended 12-all, so not a whole lot to talk about from this game, but there was definitely some good talking points from either side. The third game that we're going to be covering today is probably the most one-sided, and I think we expected all this. This is the first half talk as well. Nothing happened in the second half, apart from a, a couple of tries, but... It's South versus Dragons, and I thought this was going to be a cricket score going into it, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, fan favourite of mine, Keelan Kulamatungi, looked really good. That starting spot is between him and Hoss, so a good battle between those two as to who's going to get it. Uh, Farmer Suli from the Dragons looked really lean at 202k if he gets that starting spot. Definitely one for you guys to look at. Luttrell uh, just showed his phenomenal ball-playing ability, and uh, he puts over Jackson Paulo. I think Luttrell is a fantastic put option this year. You guys that follow the Instagram or the Facebook know that how much I've been talking about him this preseason. I think Latrell's in for a huge year. Souths have a tough draw to start the year, but uh, definitely could see him picking up after that happens, like after the tough draw is out of the way. Uh, but yeah, this first half was, was a one-sided affair. It was the Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell show. That South, Sydney, that South Sydney side looks fucking lethal in all honesty. Walker and Latrell just caused so much headaches. Um, they're 100% title threats. Unfortunately for Dragons fans, I think you guys are in for a really tough year. Um, Cody Walker scores three tries in 25 minutes and tear, tear you guys apart. Um, not much to talk about from there. It was just simple brilliance from them. Uh, vintage Jack Bird, though, looked uh, looked back to his best. He created a chance of something out of nothing and put Jordan Piero over in the corner. Managed to bump out of two tackles and get a nice offload out. And minutes before that try actually happened, uh, Zach Lomax and Cody Ramsey combined down that right edge. So positive signs for the Dragons. You've got a good young back line. You just need... 
Um, I think you need to get Jaden Sullivan in there ASAP and just blood him because I think this year's going to be tough. But I don't know what it is. I'm just looking at this Dragon side and it just looks like they think they're better than they are. Obviously, bringing in Andrew McCulloch. Uh, it just seems to be the the 2015 reunion tour from, from Anthony Griffin. And I think the Dragons just need to realize how bad they actually are and just rebuild. You've got a good young core talent there, so just use them. But I don't know. They seem to be trying to push for something that's not there, in my opinion. I think the Dragons are in for a tough year, and uh, I think they're going to get the spoon. One thing I did notice, it's almost like South have more players on the field. They just continue to get overlaps and overlaps and overlaps, and the Dragons couldn't do nothing about it. And As well as the hat-trick from Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell had three try assists and a try for himself. So for me, he was man of the match. Uh, people want to bag him and say, oh, he doesn't uh, doesn't take runs, but that's not who Latrell Mitchell is. He's a very explosive impact player. The game was 32-4 at halftime. I posted this on Twitter and got a bit of uh, backlash, which I was surprised about, but... I'm not surprised about uh, who they're trying to defend. Uh, Burgess and Totola looked really, really good. And uh, I said that I don't see where Jai Arrow actually gets into the side. People want to say he's a front rower now. But with those two there, I don't see how he gets into the side. Like, fuck me. If Jai Arrow didn't play Origin, none of you guys would fucking talk about him the way you are. I think he's a very, very mediocre footballer. I'm the biggest one-eyed Queensland supporter there is. But I do not rate the bloke whatsoever. I think, um, obviously, a good footballer. But nowhere near what people are making him out to be. I've, I said it before, if he wasn't in that Titan so he wouldn't be getting a rep jersey. He was a, a big fish in a small pond, and if I was Wayne Bennett, I'd definitely not be having him at the starting side. Uh, Burgess and Tatola looked phenomenal and got that South pack onto the front foot, which really laid the foundations for Walker and Mitchell to carve up. Now, halftime comes around, heavy rotation. Um, sees Mark Nichols get a, a bit of a run, and he bags a meaty, and nearly goes close to bagging too, but... Yeah, look, this second half, uh, South took off everyone. It was weird to see Benji Marshall play hooker. It was weird to see Benji Marshall in a jersey that wasn't the West Tigers, in all honesty. Cody Ramsey continues his good form from the first half and showed some individual brilliance to bag a pie in the corner. But uh, yeah, Paul Vaughan scored a random try to nowhere as well. South just started to look a little bit complacent. But um, yeah, like I said at the top of the show, Whisperer fan favourite, Kula Matangi, also bagged a meat pie just before I turned the game off, so... Good signs for him there. Hopefully he wins that starting spot because he'll be in my side. But yeah, look, this was a cricket score. There's not too much to talk about. And all honesty, the Dragons looked poor. South killed them. Uh, did we really expect anything else? And the last game of the day, Caesars review. The Broncos versus the Cowboys. Now, this was a game with a couple of intriguing points. Now, now we look at the Broncos and the Cowboys on paper. And there's not a whole lot to be excited about. But obviously, two new coaches... Uh, a couple of positional switches, players moving sides, John Asiata coming over from the Cowboys to the Broncos, no pain Haas, how they're going to line up. And uh, the Broncos in the first 10 minutes looked extremely aggressive on defense, looked really jamming hard through the middle and, and looked really good. And then that led to Tessie New uh, doing some brilliance and absolutely braining some, uh, some poor defense and running about 30 meters for his own try. The first look at Matt Lodge, he looked really lean. He looked really good on his feet, too. I really liked the look of him. Um, he was one of the standouts for me in this first half from the Broncos. Jermaine Asako looked electric. Uh, I'm feeling very chuffed in myself at this point of time because I've put him my side and I've told you guys to pick him. Uh, it's going to change a little bit later on in the game, but for now, I'm really happy with this decision. And uh, and he's also got a laser off, off his foot off the tee. Like, I've uh, never seen a bloke look so effortlessly kicking goals. I think Asako is one of the best-looking goal kickers I've ever seen. He just is so... Uh, silky the way he comes into the ball and, and kicks. In the first half, Michael Morgan looked very, very lost in my opinion. 
He wasn't getting much going, wasn't getting his hands on the ball. The Cowboys weren't going forward. And at this point, I was really questioning Jake Clifford at seven, whether he is the guy to, to be able to build um, a poor, not so much a poor game, but if if nothing's going right, your halfback can probably try and get you on the front foot. And I was starting to question whether Jake Clifford is that man. Obviously, moving to the Knights next year, not too sure what his minutes are going to look like at the Cowboys, but at this point in time, I was not impressed with the Cowboys whatsoever. Uh, Jason Tamalolo is still an absolute weapon. Even at prop, he was the only one getting forward for this Cowboys side in the times when they were getting dominated in the ruck. Um, Matt Lodge looked like a man possessed. He went toe-to-toe with Tamalolo uh, a couple of times. A couple of times they, they clashed, and he put a couple of bone-rattling tackles on some centers to, to lodge some balls free as well. And... Um, yeah, not much is happening for the Cowboys at this time, but surprise, surprise, when Michael Morgan decides to take on the line and, and bend it a little bit, uh, a chance is created, and Scott Drinkwater is good enough to, to take on that and, and run 60 metres in, in order to score to get the Cowboys on the front foot. Uh, Asiata and Flegler go on report. Uh, I think Asiata will be fine, but uh, Flegler might have a case to answer for. It was one of those lifting tackles where Asiata sort of held the top of the man and Flegler got the, got the legs and sort of dumped him on his head, so... Uh, we might see Flegler miss a couple of weeks through suspension. I'm not too sure what his uh, behavioural record looks like in the judiciary. And, uh, yeah, look, Tom Dearden looks a really quality half. I think it's the, the seven that Broncos have been calling out for for a couple of years now, like a good quality organising seven that's just going to get everything moving. Nothing too flashy, but he's just going to do the job for these guys. Um, he's someone the opposite of, of Clifford, in my opinion, I think. When the game is going to shit... Uh, Deedon can just sort of steer the side around. Has a decent kicking game to get them out of trouble as well. So really like that they've put the seven on him. Whether they go with Milf or whether they go with uh, Croft, obviously Milford's got that hand injury. If he's fully fit, I expect it to be Milf and Croft. But uh, yeah, interesting to see how Croft played beside him too. The combination of Asako, New and Coates is something lethal that I saw in this first half. And if the Broncos can click, I think that's going to be a really good point of attack for them as well. And at halftime, it goes in at 18-6, and the Cowboys look very uninspiring. And as much as I love Drinkwater at fullback, I don't think he can have the effect on the game at fullback because he's not getting his hands on the ball. There's no one there to create for the for the Cowboys. If they had a, like a perennial creator, I think you could put uh, Drinkwater at fullback because he doesn't need to do as much. Whereas my observation of this first half is Clifford was struggling to create attack, Morgan was struggling to create attack, and therefore Drinkwater wasn't having that effect on the game. And look, that all changed in the second half. There were some changes moved around. Scott Drinkwater moved close to the ruck. Val Holmes came into sort of a, a running fullback role type, type position and um, some time through broken play. It was really surprising to see Greg Granville come on. Uh, not only come on, but really dominate as well. Like, he thrived off that broken play. He looked really good playing out of the out of that dummy half role, getting on the front foot, and that's what really opened up this game, I feel. Putting the Broncos under a lot of pressure. They dropped the ball a lot. Uh, more errors started to creep into that game. Uh, a couple of players of theirs rested, and the Cowboys really put their foot on the, uh, on the pedal and really choked these Broncos out. Um, and yeah, Jake Granville was surprising. He was the one that really led this attack for me. A really nice kicking game from Jake Granville. Obviously had a little bit more time in the second half to, to be able to make the ball do something. So, And the Cowboys reaped the rewards from this. Uh, Valentine Hones scored a nice try under the post, thanks to a Jake Clifford kick. Um, errors really started to creep into the Broncos game here, and the Cowboys just punished them. Brilliant kick from Morgan um, to, to put in a try as well. And Like I said, I said it at halftime. When the Cowboys are on the front foot, it's when Michael Morgan's getting his hands on the ball and, and really creating things for this team. He is the focal point of this attack, and Scott Drinkwater moved into the 5 role, like I said, and got his hands on more of the ball because Michael Morgan was creating these chances. And A David Mead error sort of topped it off for the uh, for the Broncos. 
nothing was going well for them. Um, and yeah, look, that defensive error really topped it off. And uh, a couple more tries from here. Uh, Hemmerside, Tabio Fido looked really electric. Um, Scott Drinkwater and him and Holmes hooked up for a really nice play. Uh, Peter Holler looked really nice for the Cowboys as well. Someone else that looked really good for them was Etan Masters. Look, this happened last year as well. He started off really hot and then tailed off. I have a feeling it might happen again. But yeah, Etan Masters looked well in this trial. Look, I'm not happy to... to, to I'm not going to discard the Broncos. I think they played really well in that first half. Just ran out a bit of energy. I think maybe a bit of match fitness is lacking there. A couple of their big players came off as well. Someone like a Jordan Ricky didn't play the whole game. I expect this is because of the All-Star game that he played. But yeah, look, I'm not going to give up on the Broncos just yet. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys looked really impressive when they found their mojo. But yeah, guys, that, that wraps up uh, the first half of these reviews. Tomorrow, I'll sit down and watch the next lot. But um, posted a lot of my thoughts on Instagram too. I put up a lot of stories today. Just player profiles of guys that I sort of was hyping up pre-season that, um, that perform well today as well. So always good to see these trials happen. Really like the way NRL have done it, but I just want to see them spread out over maybe two days rather than packing them all into one. But yeah, for now, guys, that's it. Keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. That'll knock a jacket potato out of you, that. And the cheese and the coleslaw. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.